free game episode two unscripted uncut special guest very special guest my brother my best friend we got to give the people what they want the man mike amius (laughs) man thank you for hopping on dog this is going to be part one of many I was thinking the same thing, really. Many. So we're not gonna waste any we're not gonna waste any time because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got one hour. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. So I don't know if we've ever been able to talk within an hour a bit. Never. Literally for everyone out there, our conversations on the phone, minimum two hours. No cap. <laughs> minimum. We talk about everything, but Starting back 2015 is where I met you and like the first, the first interaction, I'll never forget it. I was, it was like the first hoop session where everybody comes to hoop. I was a manager. I wasn't shit apparently. So, and when I seen you, I was like, oh, this dude looks like a dickhead. Like, no, I'm not playing, bro. Like, I was like, I'm not going to get along with this dude. Like, and then I think it was like during that day, we were in like the student lounge and we were just cracking jokes. And then from there, I was like, all right, he's a lot. Me and him are a lot more in common than I ever imagined for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I know, bro, 2015, we're old. I'm saying, bro, just think about it. I'm like, 2015. (laughs) Old, bro. And a lot of people don't know, like, you kind of, you're under the radar, which I don't blame you for being, you know what I mean? But Uh a lot of people don't know about your life, your two years Mm -hmm. in Mid-Plains. So your freshman year, you went through hell pretty much like i want yeah i want you to like touch on like your freshman year and your experiences and what you went through well um yeah i mean it it was crazy you know what i'm saying um it was i think it was tough more so from the perspective of you know being being a first generation American citizen and stuff like that and just not having any idea uh what to expect, not even from a you know, going to another world in Nebraska, but going to college, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. didn't know what to expect. And so first day, man, I see crops, cows, corn. Corn, way too much open space, yo. I'm like, bro, what, what the fuck did I just get myself into, bro? <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I'm, bro, out <laughs> my head was spinning, yo. And and I say out the gate, um, I just tried to get acclimated quick and stuff like that. That I think that's the most important part. But I mean, freshman year was tough because, um. Like I said, like not knowing the things that 
I probably should have known at the time, uh, I struggled. <clears throat> and, you know, like you, like you just said, with being, um, with being like you not knowing me at first and, um, you not knowing me at first, you thinking so, so what, and this and that of me, the, the overall perception of me was, it was similar. Mm-hmm. So any, any sort of way you probably felt about me, people in a sense felt worse because I mean, for the better, for the betterment of it, you know, you were, you're half, you know, you're saying your, your parents, your parents are half. So you're, your dad's black and mom's Hispanic. So yeah. being being that a lot of these people aren't used to seeing, you know, someone my color in that area, and to make matters worse, you know, the hairstyle I had at the time was it was crazy. I ain't gonna cap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Hey, it, it, it was <laughs> it was tough. I, mm-hmm. I liked it, but you know, it, it just wasn't it wasn't a normal over there. So. I, I just think people just kind of had this, it was a negative impression of me. And they're like, yo, like we probably should stay away from this kid. Cause he looks, you know, he looks like what we see on TV, I guess you could say. Yeah. And so just, it, I mean, just a list of things I can go on and on um, about just the treatment, you know, you already know, bro. Treatment was in, bro, <laughs> insane. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was damn near illegal bro (laughs) yeah and and i want to touch on the treatment because from um a mental health standpoint that yeah mixed with like african-american culture is not a thing so you coming from florida and pretty much coming to a whole different world what does that do from an african-american standpoint mentally I mean, <clears throat> in a sense, it kind of like uh, what it felt like, because we were hearing this every day, like, oh, you know, if you have dreads, you got to cut it, we mm-hmm. don't like this, we don't like that. Like, they brought players in who had dreads type of deal, and it's like, why are you bringing guys who have dreads who've probably been growing it for some time, and this is something that's this is something of, of a kind of like an identity, like a cultural identity. You know, yeah. every culture has its own identity and you're kind of trying to strip me of that. It was, uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of hurtful. It was, a, it was a battle though. Cause in a sense, um, I didn't know at the time what it took to get to the next level. And so it was my understanding that these guys did know. And so they're telling me everything that, um, I represent and everything that I feel like is, is, is in a sense is an identity of me is wrong. So yeah. in my head, I'm like, so it's wrong to express myself. I can't act a certain way. I can't, I can't be myself and out the gate, bro. I'm, I mean, you already know out the gate it was, <clears throat> and I would say even for the betterment, that was a, that was a start from then to the next couple of years. Like I had no idea who I was, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was thinking about this. I was going to say like, bro, since that transition was so tough, I mean, obviously I finally got over it and we're going to brush over that, but I could tell, I could tell you right now, there wasn't a time, a point of time where I ever felt comfortable in my own skin. Like from that day forward, 
I didn't feel comfortable at any table. Any table that I've sat in in the last four to five years, never comfortably. That's real. And that's kind of where it started, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know who I was. I was questioning myself every day, uh, questioning if I was making the right decisions, questioning whether or not, you know, I was in the right. Because, you know, we're, we're always taught and told, um, hey, you know, the higher-ups are the good guys and they know what's best and blah, 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 this and that. Shit. Disclaimer. Disclaimer is bullshit, but <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> Disclaimer is just bullshit, but like at the time, like, you know, you feel me? Like I said, being from where I'm from, South Florida, single parent at that, I didn't really have a guidance from males, so it's like everything I'm hearing from, you know, the male, uh, I'm thinking is the right way of going about things, and Bro, from then on, it started just just kind of creating conflict in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Because I think I started making others' priorities ahead of mine. I started um, just kind of letting everybody else's ideas of who I am and what I should be doing uh, come before myself. And <clears throat> like I said, man, there's 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 a whole lot that I know we could touch upon with this subject. But yeah, it was it was, it was crazy to say the least. Yeah, I agree, because I was there for all of it. Mm -hmm. But jumping on, you go from your freshman year to sophomore year. Your freshman year, you had DNPs. You were playing as much as me, and I was a manager. <laughs> and then you go from that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> you go from that, and you decided to stay your sophomore year. And honestly, you made such a huge jump for not even playing your position because you were playing the five touch on that situation because obviously you personally me personally everybody who knows you you're really a three yeah but uh, yeah touch on that one <laughs> <laughs> bro i hated that jump man uh i say when i first came in like that was the expectation i was like yo I'm about to one and done. <clears throat> and it wasn't like one and done selfishly. I feel like since since high school I've always had an all around game. Sometimes my coach would um he would criticize me for passing too much. Like a lot of the times I'd be criticized for passing too much. Um at the time I didn't really think about it in a sense. In a way I was like, damn, like, do I pass too much? Like I feel like I'm making the right play. Like unbeknownst, like if I if it if it was if it was in my shoes, if I was a coach and I seen a player six seven six eight and he kind of do a little bit of everything, there's some things that he can find soon, but he likes to pass. I would put him in pick and roll situations. That was one thing in high school that you know I never really was involved in, kind of like facilitating the offense. My my type of facilitating was like Ben Simmons, like where he more so facilitates on a fast break opportunities or anytime I drew in doubles and I found somebody that's kind of where I was getting assists but you know if you put me on a pick and roll situation I it's game over bro you already know like I don't oh, want to yeah. get too I don't want to bore anybody into details but you know I just see the game from like a different scope and, and so, we'll get into that one a little bit later too oh yeah for sure but you know staying on topic 
I got recruited mid-planes, and I was under the idealism that I was going to be able to play the three. And uh, I feel like the problem with that was, I feel, in a sense, sometimes people look at, they'll look at a highlight or they'll look at, <clears throat> I mean, let me, let me, let me personalize it to like people that don't even watch or do play sports, whatever. You're watching a debate or you're watching um, somebody talk about something. You're going to take what you want to hear out of it. You're going to take any type of reaffirming bias that you already have in your head and you're going <clears> to, <throat> you're going to form an opinion based off of that. And in a sense, my, my intention was to show my overall game. I'm blocking shots in high school, chase down. Uh, I'm in the lane, stealing, um, you know, hitting a couple jumpers. But I was kind of my my intentions were to show my all around game. I feel like what happened though was, you know, somebody saw, oh, he's running the floor. He could be great five, and he might be our tallest player. And that's, you know, you kind of suffer in that when you're in smaller towns, smaller cities, and you're mm -hmm. the tallest player. Everybody's like, hey, big man. Hey, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big. Hated that. But anyways, I feel like that's what kind of happened. And so, sadly, I was never told, like, yo, you're going to be playing the five. And uh, <clears throat> at the time, I was just like, yo, this is going to be butter, yo. I get there, and, you know, I'm playing some wings. It probably lasted about two weeks, and then eventually um, they were just like, yeah, you're playing a five. And I I hated it, one, because I never played this position before. Um, so it was tough, and I, I don't think it was fair at the time as well because they gave me an ultimatum. They were like, hey, I mean, either you play the five or you can go home. And at the time, like I said, I wasn't – I didn't know anything about – you know, college and how things worked. And so I'm like, if I'm going home like two or three days into the year, just exaggerating, I don't think it was two or three days, but it was a few weeks, maybe a month or so into the year, everybody's going to label me as uncoachable. It's going to ruin my rep. And the goals that I had set for myself at the time, I was thinking end game. So I was like, if I get labeled as uncoachable already, who else is going to take me? Will I even be able to go high major? will I be able to get drafted from this little situation? So I was like, let me, let me thug it out. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. That first year was, it was a, it was, it was tough. I mean, lunch of times, man, I wanted to go home, you know? Oh yeah. I'm already knowing. Bro. I wanted to go home so much, bro. Just praying. There was nice. I'm praying like, yo, can things be better, better about us and that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, talking to my pop, you know, my pop was kind of instrumental in everything, but he kind of toughened me up. You know, he, I love him to death, but at the time I hated him for the stuff he would say to me, man. He was telling me like, you know, you're just being a baby, blah, 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 this and that. And I'm like, damn, I can't, I can't vent to nobody, bro. Yeah. Let me be a baby. Let me be a baby. Facts. I'm trying to get to you. You know what I'm saying? But, I would say for the most part, you know, I had a couple of friends down at the crib as well, but he was very, you know, instrumental in helping me like just fight through adversity, yo. And that was the mindset I kept every day. You know, I'm like, yo, if I'm the five, bro, fuck it. I guess I'm the five. Like, I, I'm not going to let this derail me from my, from my vision because my vision at the time still to this day 
I know where I want to be. Yeah. You know, I know what I want to be doing, everything. And so my vision was priority number one. Nobody else saw it at the time, but <clears throat> that's what it was for me. So I'm like, bro, I'm going to just suck it up and just play. You feel me? Yeah. And, you know, it just progressively got better and stuff like that. But, you know, like you said, um, with sophomore year, you know, I feel like there was a lot of influences to, you know, me, one, coming back, two, um, <clears throat> also just playing the way I played. You know what I'm saying? We had, you know, we had a tragic passing of one of our close friends. Rest in peace, Sam. Uh, yeah, for sure. Shout out to my boy. And that just kind of, that, that along with another, a lot of other things just made it click. It made me, I guess, appreciate life more in a sense because I saw how he approached life, you know, in the time we knew him, you know, he was just a happy guy. Yeah. Um, you know, being, being that I have a lot of family uh, overseas and stuff like, not overseas, but in like other countries and stuff like that, foreigners and stuff, it was, uh, just kind of reminded me of them, you know what I mean? So I feel like that's where we kind of build our brotherhood. And I don't think the pain is what drove me to play and perform well. It's, it was the love and the brotherhood that we had for the short time that we had that drove me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Along with other things, I'm like, oh, girl, I'm a sophomore. Um, I got to get right, you know what I'm saying? And so it was, <laughs> shit, sophomore year was a movie. And I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you take over from there because I know what I'm talking about. Too. Hey, sophomore year, let me just say this. This was when, <laughs> this was when I got a scholarship to go play at York. And yep. this was when me, Mike, Vic, you know, we felt like rock stars for sure. <laughs> Hey, everybody wanted to be around us, but the great thing about this friendship was we never changed. Man, we ain't never switched up. <clears throat> never. That's, that's that's one. That's one thing. When I first met Dion, <laughs> he 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 got what he got to say about me. When I first seen him, I was like, man, who who? Who's Arabian Jit? Damn, Arabian, bro. Wow. We were playing pickup, and you pissed me off. And I, I think I yelled at you or something. And then you snapped back. I said, I hey. <laughs> I like, keep that same energy. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of stories, I want Mike to tell the world what happened when I got to lace up and practice as a manager. I'm hearing a lot of crickets. Oh, I'm hearing man. a lot of crickets. What's going yeah. on? Oh, man. Oh, man. You said practice with you? Yeah, when I laced up in practice when I was a manager. Man. Dude, everybody just know. You know, he's going to be making me tell these stories. Like <laughs> 10, 20 years, talking to, talking to the grandbabies. Talking to the grandbabies. Man. I ain't going to cap, man. This day was crazy. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of happy it happened because, you know, you know, you know, coach that we had, man, we, that man used to piss me off, man. So anything bad that happened to our team, <laughs> especially freshman year, anything bad that happened to the team, I was all for it, bro. Facts. Dion, 
busted our ass in practice. <laughs> and I'm not even going to include myself. He was busting ass in general. And I was like, shit, I ain't guarding him. I'm cool. I'm just chilling. We're going to talk about this later. But <laughs> Facts. yo, that jump was crazy, yo. You it, it didn't feel like it felt like he didn't miss nothing. Mm-hmm. I had something to I prove, like bro. That Ooh. was this was the dude like I listen, this is unscripted, uncut. OC didn't give me a chance. I'm saying it right here, right now. I'm not scared. This is this is what this platform's Talk all this. about. Talk this shit, boy. Like that meant so much because my dad played here. Like mm-hmm. I played I played in the gym and I didn't get a chance. But I was busting your walk ons <laughs> ass. I was busting your scholarship players ass. So I'm I am i am I'm a I'm gonna let, let it slide. I'm gonna let it slide. I became not a better the, person. The, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, not the revenge game. I'm talking vengeance, dog. Like that whole year, my freshman year, hey. you can ask Mike, me, Mike, and Samson in the weight room. Like it was straight red. That's it. All the time, man. It's crazy though because I remember Samson came to the states at like I don't know if he was two hundred, and um, not even no way. He was there from January to I want to say if I'm if I'm if I'm thinking from say I take the time that he came and then the time that we left, so from January to May, he put on fifty pounds. Yeah. Oh, that was the hardest working person I've ever seen in my life. Man. By far. Hey, me and him would have been tough. I remember, well, so to say, he was, she was supposed to help me move up uh, a position. But um, we had really good chemistry even on the court, like in the off season where we would train. Like that was the first time that I was running pick and rolls with somebody. And so, that motherfucker was so tall. That, that, that man was such an easy target. And I ain't going to lie. He my boy, but he was trash when he first came. He oh, was so he was raw. just raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was raw. He was he was he was raw. He was trash, but he was raw. But towards the end of uh our freshman year, like he was he just got scary. I said, Oh my god, it's I said I said sophomore year about to be a movie. Very um, scary. And and it, and it still was. But yeah. <clears throat> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I wanna I want to leave Mid Plains with one last question. Well, two parts. First, I want you to tell everybody your advanced numbers <laughs> in your sophomore year. Ah, <clears throat> oh, damn. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but not advanced numbers, just... but like where you were ranked in like efficiency and oh. stuff like that. Efficiency, I was I was first in the country in field goal percentage with like I was finishing at like at the like five percent, bro. <laughs> I was finishing at like eighty percent. Um, it was crazy because it's it's not like I was getting post up opportunities. Like that would be that would be an okay trade off for me if I played the five. Um, if it was like oh you know we're we're, we're running screen and roll options. He didn't like he didn't like screens, so he's like, nope, we're taking that out. Uh, oh, we're running, you know, mid post uh, options, which in in a sense, it would give me an opportunity to play make and 
put pressure on a defense. He didn't like he didn't like he didn't like any sort of offense going through his fives. So it was more so like uh you know, you gotta set screens and get rebounds and I'm like, yeah, that's kinda boring. Bam. So you know, I had to throw a little bit of my own sauce into it. Yeah, sophomore years, first in the nation and field goal percentage. Um my advanced numbers was crazy because, you know, even my sophomore year, there were still games where he was, you know, kind of uh, checking me. You know, I feel like undeservingly so, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So there would be games where I'd get <clears throat> 16 points in 13 minutes or, you know, 20 in like 18. There was a game, I ain't going to lie, I got in foul trouble, but it was like, it was like 20 points in like 17 minutes of playing time and stuff like that. But I feel like that, along with just me just being, like, just so determined and, like, willed into just, you know, just trying to be the best I could be. Like, my advanced numbers, like you said, are, like, video game numbers. Like, my perf 36 was, like, 72 points a game. That's (laughs) insane, dog. Every time I hear that, I can't believe that. Couldn't either, and for me, that really it was confidence boosting. Even though I feel like I wasn't, I was being, you know, underutilized. It was, it was, it was a confidence booster from a sense. Like I'm like, damn, I can be really being special if I, you know, if I if I stay the course and stuff like that. And so, you know, that was one of the biggest things that kept me even killed was knowing that. I was getting better every day. It may have not have shown in the box score when it was game time, but I knew and I felt that I was getting better every day. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we know box scores ain't shit. Nada. Yep. But now time to transition. You you leave mid-plains and you head over to the Carolinas as a catamount. Man. So a lot shout of people, out, do, shout yeah. Out, shout, out, shout out Western. Shout out to purple, yeah. Shout out purple and gold, man. A shout lot of people on my side don't know about that, that path. Yeah. Okay. So touch on your experiences, not only on the court but off the court as well. <laughs> yeah, you know I had to throw that in there. <laughs> ah, this guy's trying to get me in trouble. Oh please, you ain't got nothing to get in trouble for, <laughs> dog. You're right. <laughs> uh well I like to prelude a lot, as y'all can see. Um before I even committed to Western, I was already planning to play my last year in college, you know, for personal reasons. Cause I, I kinda knew, like we just talked about the advanced numbers. I'm like, yo, if I can do this like uncaged there's no reason why I have to stay another year in college. Like I was, I was tired of college because of me playing outside of college. Facts. Western wasn't the reason entirely why I was tired of college. Just two years of me playing felt like I was wasting my potential. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know, I know a lot of people can feel, can relate to that when they feel like their potential is being wasted and they're being underutilized. And so, I mean, I was like, yo, this is going to be my last year, bro. I feel like, it's a new, it's a new leaf. I'm turning, and I, I get to really show what I'm about. But you know, like I said about the comfort and stuff, it was, it was a process to even get over 
the two years of, you know, BS, I was kind of going through the mid-planes. And so um, it kind of sucked for Western, you know, maybe even some of my teammates and stuff like that. It wasn't until, like, maybe towards the end of the year where I was starting to, like, click with some of the guys and bond with them. And um, I feel like for various reasons, yeah, it all has its own reasons, but one of them was because I was still trying to – I was still trying to find myself, man. I, I I was thinking about this earlier too. I mean, in a, in a sense, you know, there's things. Me personally, I feel like there's things that I learned at an early age um, that people are knowing now. That are learning. They're learning this stuff now. But there's also things that I learned way later than other people as well. I think one of the biggest ones was, you know, my identity. Mm-hmm. Like I said, playing in this position where I felt as if it wasn't who I was, you know, you can compare it in a sense, if you want to relate to it in a more people standpoint, you can use an analogy like uh, high school when you're trying to fit in and be cool with everybody, you know, you got to kind of take on an identity that you may or may not feel is even yourself, but hey, it's making me friends, so here I am. I'm, I'm I'm doing the best I can to make friends. Shit, you could take it up a notch. Say, I'm, say I know somebody who was born a woman or born a female, and she feels like um, I'm a girl and a boy, like I'm a boy in a girl's body and vice versa. That That's almost in relation. Like that was the kind of crisis that I was going through in a sense, like, I didn't know who I was because, you know, I grew up playing a different way, and then it was, like, when I got thrown into the fire, I had to switch everything I knew, and the things that I feel like made me successful, and the things that I kind of prided myself on, I had to kind of find another way, and so, again, I mean, it wasn't until I started killing where I I was super uncomfortable. I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want to. I felt uncomfortable conversating with people because it was like I didn't feel like they were talking to the best version of me. I felt like I was selling myself short to them. And I'm like, yo, if only every time, every day, if only y'all seen the me that y'all deserve. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you guys took a chance on me, and I want you guys to see the me that you guys deserve, and I feel like they weren't getting that. But, um, yeah, so getting along with that transition, yeah, I mean, Weston was – man, Weston was crazy, man. You go from <laughs> – you go from 20 people in mid-plains to 15,000 in Western, and mm-hmm. you like, damn, it's night and day and, and shit. You know, there's black people there. <laughs> uh, hey, you gotta throw that in there. You gotta throw that Yo, in there. There are there are black people. You feel me? Like, <laughs> I'm like, damn. So I got I got motherfuckers on the team that you know what it is is like, oh yeah, you you admit planes and you go to Walmart, and and, and the people are nice, man. Like, let me give mid planes its flowers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love I love I love you know the people in the area. You know, people are very solid. I know some people in there who are very thorough, yeah, very uh, loyal to me as well. Um, and likewise, mm-hmm. but if you go to a Walmart 
and you you feel me? You shopping? Money better have that damn receipt. <laughs> Either that, or a motherfucker walk up to you and be like, "Oh my gosh, you must play basketball." Uh huh. Like, <laughs> give him. You feel me? <laughs> give him. In Western, I didn't get that as much because it was it was it was way more diverse. Yeah, I felt a little bit more at home. It felt more like you know down south type deal, but. I feel like it was a mixture of down south and uh, down south and you know mid plains because we had mountains, bro. We were inside a mountain. The school is in a mountain, bro. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty lit. But man, that experience—that experience was pretty dope, man. Like at first, it was funny because when I went on my visit. It was like <laughs> some of my teammates talked to me about it. They were like, "Man, you were so lit on your visit." You know what I'm saying? Like, and I was, but I had to show y'all that side of me. You know what I mean? Oh, you already like, know. You feel me? Like, I had to show y'all that side. And in a sense, I was I was even uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, when I got there, obviously it was like it was kind of night and day. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But again, it was that it was because it's like I'm here now. This is my home now. I gotta get acclimated to everything. I gotta get acclimated, and I'm still trying to find myself in a sense. Whereas if I'm on a visit, like I know this ain't where I'm at right now, and so I'm not trying to find my way when I'm on a visit, which I'm trying to have fun, uh, type of deal. But um, yeah, that whole year was was, was interesting. It was uh. It, it took me quite a bit to to get acclimated. I feel like partly because I wasn't ready to let go of all of mid planes. You know, there's like I said, great people. Um, <clears throat> at the time, I was in a relationship, and you know, parts of me, I'm calling people every day because I'm like, man, I don't like it here. I don't want to be here. But in a sense, it was more so not that I didn't like it, but in a sense, I'm just trying to figure out how to get over mid plane and it clicked it clicked probably midway through the year I would say like December-ish towards the end of November where I was like I just gotta let go man let go and just I this it's now or never you know what I mean yeah you know I, I didn't start the season out very well and I was really upset about that but my mind wasn't with Western you know I wasn't really focused with Western. I was still, parts of me was still in mid-planes, and I'm just kind of like, man, all right. Slap myself in the face, look myself in the mirror, and I'm like, yo, you either got to show the hell out for the rest of the year, or this is just a big waste of your time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was thinking about it, again, from a from a larger scale. You know, I was thinking about my family, and every day I still do. Thinking about my family, I'm like, yo, I got my mom at home, my brother, and my sister. You know, I thought about them in wins. I thought about them in losses. When I lost, man, it, I would t- I would take it hard, bro. Yeah. Because, you know, in a sense, I was like, <clears throat> I'm here, and I, I kind of felt selfish with it, man. I'm like, I'm here having a time of my life going through life like there's nothing, food free. I got I got crazy stipend for this semester. I got like three racks for stipend for each semester. 
I'm like, man, I'm living a good ass life. And then I'm turning around and I'm like, shit, I go home Christmas time. And I still have the same problems at the crib, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, not a lot of people realize that either. Uh-uh, and that shit kind of hurt me, man. And I'm just kind of like, it sounds crazy, but I felt selfish. You know, I, I was living such, I was living so freely. And, you know, my people were still going through, you know, all their fair share problems down at the crib, man. And, you know, that was another thing that pushed me to just want to be great. You know what I mean? Oh, but, yeah. I'm already knowing. Yeah, Weston, Weston was uh, Weston was fun, man. We, we could get into a little bit more detail about Weston. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about, since we're going to get in a little more detail about Weston, you already know what I'm going to say. Check this out. Mm. You get the, uh, you get the news. There's a possibility that Rick Pitino could possibly be your head coach what the the rick patino if nobody knows rick patino he is like louisville everything louisville's finest finest if you think of louisville you think of rick patino so i want you from an insider perspective what happened first of all the western like the (laughs) The Western, like, students, bro, crazy. Crazy people, bro. Like, <laughs> they were putting, yeah, how it really started is, you know, it was right after the scandal. They stripped them of their uh, 2013 national title and, you know, eventually he lost his job. And so he was actually still job playing. He was still trying to coach and stuff like that. But none of the high majors would take them, which, you know, makes sense. Yeah. And we were mid-major. We were in a... I feel like a respectable conference too, you know, SoCon. We had uh we had Steph Curry come out of this yep. uh, conference. Kevin Martin. Um Kmart. I wanna say Jerry West. Mm, the logo? Yeah, I wanna say he was at West Virginia, but West Virginia at the time was uh SoCon. So yeah, he was he was he was SoCon. Uh guy in my class recently. Uh, I think he's NCAA all-time leading three-point uh, scorer, uh, Fletcher McGee. So we just had we had we had we had a nice, uh, a decent amount of buzz, and so I wanted us to be an over-the-top program. Um, this comes after the season, and um, you know, Coach 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 Larry Hunter, uh, God rest his soul, he steps down, gets fired, you know, whatever. It doesn't really matter. He steps down, and they're like, oh, you know, new coach hunt, what's going to happen? Like, this, this, that. You know, the fans, they're like, man, fuck this. Let's get rid of Tino. So, <laughs> man, I'm talking, the next month, I'm walking around school seeing flies of Rick Tino, and in a sense, this is me already decided, like, yeah, I'm definitely leaving. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, fuck this I'm out yeah and there's these flyers come up I, w- I would say this me turning pro again had nothing to do about Western yeah I feel like people at Western more so there's a few people I know that understand but at the time when I did make the decision and everybody found out it felt you know the responses and the things that I was hearing from people it sounded like they were taking it from a personal standpoint 
And <clears throat> for me, I I wanted I wanted so bad for my game to get taken to the next level. I wasn't confident that the next coach was going to play me at the five, uh, at the three, because I mean at the time I was still the tallest player on the team, and so I was like, eh, do I want to play another year at the five? I didn't want to give NBA teams that you know, that preconceived notion that I was already hearing like rumors and buzzing around my name. Like, uh, you know, he, he can't play perimeter defense. You know, he doesn't have an outside shot, which in, in all fairness, I being that I had to play the five, my shot kind of, uh, it kind of, you know, took a hit. So I wasn't as good as a shooter. Yeah. And so I would say that was the only thing I could agree with them on the perimeter D, the, the, the ball handling, the shooting. So any everything that I pretty much was doing in high school were things that they had, uh, you know, they had their doubts about. So I was like, I can't stay in a small school and and put these doubts to rest, you know, if it makes sense. Yeah. I said, I either have to turn pro or I have to go to a, a bigger school. I got to go to a high major where I will be playing a uh, perimeter. <clears throat> and so it was that, it was those two along with, you know, being funny, staying back on top of it, Rick Patino. I said, Hey, I know he got busted and stuff like that, but it's Rick Patino. Yep. This man to give us crazy press. Yep. Yo. I said, sign that motherfucker up, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was on board, bro, but uh, some of the some of the players weren't because, and it makes sense. Some of the players weren't because uh, it was like, well, damn, if Rick Pitino is a coach here, you know, is are we still staying on scholarship? Um, is he going to bring in talent that's going to drive us all to the bench? And those are all legitimate reasons to not support the notion of grabbing him. Yeah. And then the press, the press would have been crazy, bro. You know, and you know, we would have, we would have, we would have been on the radar, but we probably would have been on the radar for both positive and negative reasons. Yeah. But sure. that was that was my thing. I was like, man, are you scared that you're gonna get your scholarship taken? You sweet. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, fuck it. Like, I didn't care, bro. In your, in your position, you didn't have to worry about a damn thing. Man, yeah, man. I, like, And that's what it was. Like, it, it sounds messed up, but I'm like, you know, <laughs> at the time, I don't feel this way about nobody in particular, but at the time, the opportunity in my mind was like, yo, we get good-ass players. We're winning SoCon. We're going to the tournament. If you lose your scholarship, fuck it. <laughs> it <laughs> Dr. <nice>. Shit. <laughs> it was nice knowing you, bro. You feel me? Like, I'm I'm in win now mode. So I'm like, I'm like, bro, I'm locked, bro. I'm like, yeah, let's do this, bro. And I had a I had a little bit of a say so uh with the next picking and stuff like that. And so we were hearing the options and stuff like that. And I eventually asked about Rick and the uh, athletic director at the time, he was like, well, you know, it, it's it's not something that I want to do because, like you said, the guys getting scholarships took in a way, like, are we going to keep guys and, you know, the press. And I was like, oh, you know, cool. Um, 
the guy that they ended up picking, uh, you know, pretty stand-up guy. You know, I, I, I did I did like him, and I think you know being under his wing for the time being, uh, nothing but love. Yeah. I feel like people, like I said, man, like when I when I went from Western, uh, when I went from shoot shit, when I went from Lake West, Florida to Mid Plains to Western, you know, seeing and hearing people who were either famous or related to somebody famous or all this stuff was so new to me. Right. Yeah. And so these are all things that are, that are, that I'm not used to. And for example, Twitter, and I made sure I stayed off of that. I don't even think I had a Twitter until I didn't even make it. First of all, my, my, my cousin made it for me. Oh, damn. He made my Twitter. He made my Twitter and maybe for like the first year, Everything that was being posted was him. Wasn't me. Damn. Anything I swear, anything me talking about like oh basketball or putting up quotes and um the draft and all that good stuff, all of that was him. Mm. And so you know, when I eventually finally got on my Twitter, I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at all this stuff. And so I'm not listening into it too much, but it was starting to become a narrative especially around school you know everybody else listens and watches and looks at all these tweets and stuff and I feel like there was a connotation that you know oh you know this new coach is the reason why he's leaving because you know if somebody doesn't know the reason why something's going down they're gonna create a narrative of their own so yep. like, oh, you know he unlike the coach and you know like I said earlier on this podcast like bro I I told myself a year prior that I was out, mm-hmm. you know, and in a sense, it, in a sense, it wasn't fair to Western because it kind of stopped me from creating. And I got some, I got a couple close people. Um, they know who they are in Western that <clears throat> I'm close with them, but the objective was not to be close with anybody because in my mind, I'm like, I'm only staying a year. I would hate to be close say you know i get close to a lot of people and then i'm like well now i don't want to leave now and in in my mind that would be more of a selfish decision you know yep but um no the guy that they hired was pretty solid mark Prosser. he a son of a legendary uh college basketball coach coached at uh wake forest he was i want to say he was cp3's coach Mm. don't don't know if he was Timmy's coach. I don't know if he was Tim Duncan's coach. I don't want to make that uh, claim because I'm not sure if he was, but I do know for a fact he was uh, CP3's coach. God rest his soul. But um, <clears throat> yeah, Mark was a Mark was a pretty solid guy, and they <laughs> they did not do good when I left. But, oh, um, <laughs> well, we figured that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was pretty bad, but. The following year, he had a pretty solid year. Kind of, kind of started gaining a little bit of press for the program. I feel like he, I feel like he's bringing an identity to Western, and you know, I, 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 I do respect him from that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, good guy. But yeah, I mean, that Rick, that Rick Barnes story was, it was something. But <laughs> I knew that shit was never gonna happen. Yeah, if y'all would have got Patino, I knew you would have stayed. For sure. Yeah, I said Patino. I said Rick Barnes. Yeah, Patino. I would have been like, eh, do I sign up? 
For real. But uh, we got about 12 minutes left, and this is the this is the part of the bro, story. Bro, there's so much to talk about. I know. Bro. That's why I God said. Me. That's why bro, I said. I'm just warming up. That's the crazy <laughs> part, dog. <laughs> Dog, I know, man. I'm broke right now. I can't. I can't afford an extra hour. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking to a broke boy. (laughs) Broke boy. Hey, you already (laughs) know. Broke boy. Bro, hey, I'm on the same boat. Man, I, I ain't even hooping right now. I'm just training, damn it. Oh, I know. And, oh, man, there's so much to get into, but I kind of want to skip forward, and I want people to know what you're doing right now. Oh, right now? Yes. Whew. Well, let me try and be as, like, direct as I can. Uh, I played I played in France and Spain last year, so um, you know, pandemic hit. I'm back square one. So this is uh, this is a year ago to the 15th. So whenever the 15th is, I don't really know what day we are right now. We're on the sixth, I guess. So the, a year ago to the 15th is when I came back home, and I came back from a season where played the five again. Moved up to the four eventually. Started, you know, started catching, started catching a little bit of steam as I played, you know, upper position because playing a five overseas, like I was six, six seven, six eight, two, two fifteen on a good day, two twenty or something. Yeah, it was it was terrible. Like the the agency that I signed with, you know, they they kind of was kind of giving me the the idea that if I if I played five it would be different. It's like, oh, you know, this is it's easier to play this position overseas. We're not gonna see you as such. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I was mismatch. I was bro. Oh my god oh my gosh. They were milking they're like, oh my gosh, it's a mismatch on the offensive end. And in my head I'm like, yeah, it, it probably is, but defensively I'm gonna get fried. Yo, Dion <laughs> These dudes was like six nine, six ten, some footers, two eighty, three hundred pounds, bro. Wow, boys. <laughs> some of them, some of them physically built. Some of them just fat, oh, big man. motherfuckers. Like big. these dudes, bro. It was just hard to stay on the floor. Like they're some of my best games. I was playing half of the game because I couldn't stay out of foul trouble and it was it was it was just I mean it was a learning process I'm not going to say that was the only reason but that was like I would say 80% of the reason why it was it was tough for me that year so you know jumping to you know last year March you know I was just kind of had to sit down with myself just thinking about you know I was like man how can I get back to you know the NBA uh, radar. How can I get back on whatever team that I can? The G League, the the league, what have you? And I'm like, all right, right now I'm about two. I'm like two eighteen at the time. I said, <clears throat> let me see if I can get to two twenty five. You know, two twenty five. You know, I was looking at players. I was like, hey, Kawhi Leonard. Hey, uh, you know. Paul George, these guys are like 225, 230-ish. I'm like, if I can match up to their size, 
and they they the game is so easy for them because the because of their size. Like a Giannis, I'm not going to compare myself to him because he's he's a he's a he's an anomaly. He's a freak. Um, yeah, crazy broke jumper though. But anyways, facts. Um, <laughs> anyways, I'm 218 at the time, and I'm like, let me see if I get to 225. And so me and uh my guy Smitty, like real real. Real good, real good friend of mine. Uh, he trains me, and you know, we go to his house, we have a sit down, and we're kind of like talking through things. And he just got introduced to this new diet called the vertical diet. And he's like, Yeah, like you can definitely get to 225 uh, with this diet. And he's like, You just got to eat like hell. And I was like, Well, we have time, you know, I use the pandemic as a time to just get back to my game you know what i mean get yeah. back to where i've always wanted to be and eventually i did um by the end of the summer and i ended up you know i think i capped it like 245 so 20 more pounds than, I, than my goal yeah 20 more pounds than my goal currently i'm like 242 i would say but capped at that and i just trained like like no other i you know and and I still do, but that was that's pretty much what I've been doing. Just training, just nonstop, just training my body. But you know, most importantly, you know, through these times, I'm training my mind. Yeah. And that because I was setting all these goals and I was achieving them, you know, the physical goals, the goals with my skill, like certain skill sets that I wanted to have, you know. I, I met all of them and now I'm even surpassing them in my own mind that discomfort, you know, that I talked about earlier, you know, it's no longer there. I'm no longer um, uncomfortable in situations. I'm no longer, cause I feel like now I know who I am. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's like, shit, now I'm ready to rock out. You know what I mean? I'm just being patient with everything and uh, letting everything kind of, um, just kind of take its own course, but yeah, man, it's, I just, I just, you know what I'm saying? I wake up, uh, I warm my body up, train throughout the day. You know, that's my day, man. You know, it's, it's a, it's literally ball is life. Like Facts. <laughs> that's, the, that's the most simplest way I could put it. Ball is life. Yeah, man. And, um, so, we got like five minutes. I wanted to just personally like you hear from me every day you know how close we are we talk every week but i want everybody to know like i'm so proud of you for real because we there's so much stories and there's so much that happened in your life that we didn't even talk about how like the g league draft and overseas and like the irregular heartbeat yeah the agencies now you got a new agent and now you've got people that are just as hungry as you are. You're disciplined yeah. as hell. Like, dog, like, you hear from me personally. You hear from me every day. But, like, I know you're going to the NBA. And everybody that tells yeah. me, like, is Mike, can he do it? Or do you think he's going to do it? My answer is always yes. Like, you're going to the league, bro. And with this new NFT coming out, I'm not going to need a rookie card. I'm going to need your first point filmed. Film. I mean, it, it, you you kind of you kind of got to tell people that you know you're my boy. Now I'm going to the league because if you didn't, 
beat your ass. But, <laughs> nah, bro. You know, I appreciate that, man. I feel like, if anything, you know, I wish, like I said, I wish we had more time. I wish I could touch base on things that, you know, I could describe to people the adversity that I did go through. I couldn't really get in detail with it because, like you said, we don't really got a lot of time. But just kind of on how to overcome it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's, that's what's important. You just got to keep going. And that's really what it was, man. I've seen the vision. And, and I had, I've dreamed about it forever. And I'm starting to see some of my visions that I dreamed about become, you know, my own personal reality. And so it's like that always motivates me to keep going. But, yeah, you know, the fam, you know, I love y'all, man. You know, you, Dar, Day, you know, Willie, Nanda, like, y'all are, y'all are, Y'all are, uh, you know, a circle of mine, along with others. You know, I got a lot of, you know, family, personal family friends as well that just look out for me, man. And because of y'all and, you know, everybody else as well, you know, y'all just make my life easier. Like, for yeah. me, I wake up and it's like, you're telling me all I got to do is wake up, train, eat the hell out of food and... <laughs> have fun like i can do that that's easy you know it, it seems hard to other people but this is my mind to five in a sense you know what i'm saying we all got nine to fives you, you either got a nine to five you know sitting on your ass eating chips or you got a nine to five working a, a, a retail job you got a nine to five you know working your career out yeah. and stuff like that so <clears throat> yeah man the story's not over we still writing that motherfucking moment Hey, I like to hear that. Last point, I want you to make it quick, and I want you to tell the world. Who is Mike Amius? Woo! Shoot. Uh, man, well, this is the kid from South Florida, dog. Mm. <laughs> That's really all I got to say. <laughs> That's all I am, bro. I love it. Product. I love it. I'm a product. I'm a product of my predecessors. I'm a product of my own failures. I'm a product of people's failures in the past. I'm a product of all of that put in one, bro. Just somebody who wants to, bro. Just somebody who who just out to get it, man. Like you, Foxes. One people know what I'm talking about, bro. Like we built different down here. Dogs. Solid, man. Big dogs, bro. Man, this is uh. This is going to be the end of episode two. Mike Amius, my dog, I appreciate you. I love yes, you. Sir. I'm proud of you. Yes, sir. And this ain't yes, going to be the last. This ain't going to be the last time. This hey, is gonna be... hey, dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man. Yeah. Man, I hope all is well. We already know. I'm already claiming it. You're going to the league, but I do appreciate you. This is going to be one of many. And just like yeah. that, we out, dog. Yes, sir.